So I just did something weird. <laughs> um, I watched this podcast called um, Kill Tony. A bunch of amateur comedians get up and basically get lambasted by the panel. They have a panel of comedians. Tony Hinchcliffe is one. Then he invites a couple of guests. And uh, they just basically lambast these comedians that are trying to do one minute of material. Most of them are bad. The lambasting goes on too hard. Tony Hinchcliffe is unnecessarily mean. They have a regular on there. Anyway, I'll get to the point. They have a regular on there. He's doing his best he can. He has to come up with a new minute every week. And he's a pretty funny guy. Unusual. But you can see him trying out new material and flops a lot. Anyway, um, they started talking about a picture that he had posted on Instagram. And they talked about it enough that I got, I thought, well, now I got to go fucking look at the picture. So I opened up my Instagram. And it's basically the first time I've been on Instagram for years, <laughs> you know, and uh, I looked at the photo, but then I looked over my line, I started scrolling down the Instagram line, and it was as if a 10 years, the people I knew 10 years ago all came flooding back, and it became really painfully apparent how far my path has drifted from the people I knew back then, because my Instagram basically stopped. The last post I had, I checked, was on in June of 2015. The la- one before that was like a year before that, and then a year before that. Like I posted, I have 18 posts on Instagram. For some reason, I have 3,600 followers, which I guess in Instagram terms, terms is nothing. But um, I never used Instagram because it was kind of Instagram that turned me off to... Um, the path I was on, which was, you know, if you look through my photography, was nude photography and fashion photography and glamour photography, you know, with a weird twist. Nobody really kind of got my weird twist but me. It was ultimately a big failure because I was kind of, with my over-photoshoppery, poking an eye out of the fashion industry, you know, saying, look, you can do whatever you want to here. It's all imaginary. Watch me make all these imaginary things to prove to you that it's imaginary. You know, I I felt like it was obvious that that's what I was doing. But it wasn't all I was doing. I mean, I was also probably um, being a contrarian and kind of going against my old values my old upbringing, doing a hard correction in the other direction. Hard correction in the other direction! There you go. There's your album title. Um, But anyway, so I saw these people that I was social with and friends with and even an ex-girlfriend, you know, and boy, I started scrolling down that thing and I just got this pit in my stomach, this empty feeling you know, and I was trying to identify what it was, but as I was, I was scrolling, I kind of got, you know, just this empty feeling, this, oh, look at all these people out there still doing what I used to do, you know, partying, um, going to fashion events, being glamorous, making house music, you know, taking pictures in front of 
spots, vacation spots all over the world, basically doing that Instagram thing, you know, that look how great my life is thing. And uh, it just, it reminded me of even back in my first early days of promoting concerts and realizing, I remember saying to somebody one time, you know, because I had, I got a good reputation very quickly of being able to pack a room, you know, by the way something was promoted. And I remember thinking, well, it's easy to promote um, a concert and make sure everybody gets there. I had methods. One was I never gave flyers to men. I only gave them to girls because the girls invite the guys. And if there's a ratio that's high enough, there's got to be enough girls in the room to keep everybody uh, on their best behavior. If there's not enough girls, then the guys fight and they act like idiots. But if there's like 60% girls, everybody acts better because there's plenty to go around. There's no scarcity. <laughs> there's no famine. You know what I mean? And plus the level of guys that shows up is higher because they were probably invited by the girls since I never advertised to the guys. Evidence of gynocentric thinking, you know. The world is gynocentric. They like to say it's a patriarchy, but it's not. It's not. Women run the world. That vagina is very, very powerful. That life-giving force, you know, people want to breed, believe it or not, those desires to go to the dance club, that's what's driving it. You don't know it when it's happening, but really, your body, those boners, are to make babies. But anyway, even back in the day, I knew that you had to create a vibe of cool to make people, and this is before the term FOMO came about, but I was already on to that. I said, you got to make people feel like they're missing out if they don't go. It's got to be so cool they feel like they have to be there. You know, otherwise they're a dork. And I would kind of describe this to people. And now I think back of the, that way of thinking and I think, ugh, shame on me, gross. But that's what it is. It's marketing. Marketing is all about cool. And cool is all about exclusivity. It's all about, ultimately what it does is it comes down to making people think you're better than they are for being there or in your picture. And I'm scrolling down this list on Instagram and I'm going, that's what it is. That's where, that's where my journey took me in my life, you know. Everybody basically misrepresenting their life, marketing their life. You know, seems pretty good, right? But no, because here's the problem. That kind of marketing, that sex in marketing, any kind of marketing, what it really does is it's trying to either create a void in your life or it's trying to highlight the void in your life. By, by presenting something cool, and exclusive, it gives you the feeling that, oh, I'm not doing that. Look how happy they are. Look how successful they are. Look at the party they are on. Look at the, look at the boat they have. Look at the car they have. Look at the expensive thing. Look, they're covered in money. You know, and it's just, and I went with that vibe uh, for a while, but I was always kind of tongue-in-cheeking it, you know, like making fun of it too. 
if you look at my art, I'm presenting ugly old men, you know. And so when I did the photography, I did the ulti- the the opposite. I did pretty women because why? Pretty women are harder to draw. Ugly old uncomfortable men are easy to draw, you know. It's easy. It's easy to make things kind of ugly and uncomfortable and awkward. It's hard to make things beautiful, right? But when you get a camera and a bunch of filters, which is also what I was doing with my photography, you know, photoshopping, making people's skin look overly plasticky and smooth, you know, I way overdid it and I was intentionally overdoing it, you know. That was the point to show, look, do you see? Especially because when I was taking pictures of people in San Francisco, I basically never refused a model. I didn't go out picking them. It would just be people I ran into. And my 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 um, approach was I would ask whoever was around and if it would be rude to not ask them. In other words, these three girls are in it. Well, you're your friend. It would be rude of me to not ask you too. So everybody knew what the models looked like in real life. And so the contrast between the way I made them look and the way they really looked was very, was pretty glaring, you know, because everybody knew about it. And that created a lot bigger uh, list of people that wanted to have my picture taken. Because as somebody once told me, they said, Merkley, uh, vanity is a drug and you're a dealer. And I have to admit, when I first heard it, it kind of stung a little bit. But then I realized, well, that's true. It's marketing. I'm marketing vanity. Um, Making people look their best. And I was doing it in a really direct way, too. I never did any photography where I didn't, I didn't like the, I didn't like the guy, I got lumped in with um, erotic photographers because I was anything but. I always had direct eye contact in all of my photos because I didn't, I didn't like the nature, the voyeuristic nature of other stuff. I had to have something, so the confrontational nature of direct eye contact was something I used as a tool in that regards. But I'm I'm getting off track. I want to go back to this feeling of Instagram. So I'm going down this, you know, Instagram, and I'm feeling all these kinds of weird feelings of sadness and regret and emptiness and um, just not a good feeling. And even scrolling the feet of my old girlfriend and she was a great you know a wonderful woman I, I broke up with her basically because I was given an ultimatum either she was going to move in or move back to Detroit and I was like well I'm not looking for a roommate unless you know somebody's going to pump out one of my kids and she had plans that she had to fulfill before having a child she didn't want to have kids for 10 years or something like that so I was like well I'm not looking for a roommate it's not going to be the mother of children. So, you know, and that was the end of our relationship, which is too bad because we really got along. But um, she's still doing that. Looks fantastic. But everybody, all of these Instagrams, without fail, everybody in that, in my thing, it was like a flashback. It's weird because it made it very obvious how many of these people I've either unfollowed on Facebook or they've unfollowed me. More likely they unfollowed me, right? Um, But all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, time warp, reverse 10 years, all these people, many of whom I've forgotten about or tried to forget about, are all front and center 
Again, people that I know really don't like me and have talked shit about me because they can't handle my uh, my turn of direction, so to speak. And it wasn't really even a turn of direction. It was a turn of perceived direction for them. I think they perceived me as being one of them, an art freaky weirdo who hated Republicans and Donald Trump and blah, blah, blah. And part of that might have been my own fault for how you know, much I derided religion and Mormonism. And I was, hell, I was ruling that scene, you know, front row service everywhere I went. Um, velvet rope bottle service type thing. So when they discovered that I'm not this hard lefty <laughs> or that I actually have interests, I guess more of it is that just having interests other than what they perceive, that nightlife interest, um, I think really bummed a lot of them out. They felt duped by my marketing. Like, <laughs> I think they might have felt duped, you know. But there on Instagram, everybody thought of, you know, unfollowing me on Facebook, but nobody unfollowed me on Instagram because I don't use it. <laughs> so there they all are. They're all still there. They're all still posting. It's amazing to me how much the same it all looks from 10 years ago. My life 10 years ago and my life now are not alike at all. Very, very different. I haven't gone out and been social and the idea. But weird. But okay, so I got to be really honest here. So looking down and you see people still doing these glamorous things. Here I am in Paris. Here I am doing this. Here I am doing that. Here's my new business. Everybody's presenting themselves, and we know this, in their very best light. They're not showing their sadness. They're not showing their alone time. They're not showing the mess in their kitchen. You know? They're not showing that. They're they're marketing themselves. And... As smart as we want to be, I don't think I don't think our brains have yet really caught up. I think our lizard level instincts have not evolved to the point where emotionally we can make this separation. So it's almost kind of I'm trying to explain this, but it almost seems like the whole machine, that social media machine, especially Instagram, it's almost like an ostracization machine. It's almost built to fit, change your behavior, to make you, again, what I was talking about, to highlight any void in your life or to um, even create a void that maybe isn't even there. Like that FOMO, fear of missing out, you know? You see you see somebody's party, somebody's at a party with three people that you know, and instantly, if you didn't know, if Instagram wasn't there, you would have no idea it even occurred. You wouldn't even know that you weren't invited, or you wouldn't even consider the fact that you didn't know about it. Of course, back in the day, I knew about everything. Because everybody wanted me to come because I was part of their marketing. You know, I was part of the entourage. They're like, bring in that guy in this stupid outfit and he'll bring a bunch of girls in 
and uh, that will increase our image and our marketing. And then they'd take pictures and put them out, you know. And it was all these little snapshots of just the party. Look at everybody having fun. Here's a party. Everybody was there. Where were you? You know. And everybody would repost it. I was there. I was there. I was there. I was part of the great thing. I was part of the thing you don't want to miss out on. I'm not one of the losers. You know. But when you're scrolling that Instagram, I, I look, I'm different from a lot of people. I know I am, but uh, like I say, like you take two humans, I don't care which two humans, they have more in common than they don't. Adolf Hitler and your little sister have more in common than they don't. They have more in common with each other than your little sister has with a donkey, for example. Or Adolf Hitler has with a donkey. Human beings. Right? So getting back to this evolution um, and our and our core our core tribal instincts. Our core tribal instincts haven't been able to catch up. Like if you're if you were in a tribe, and let's go back way back to tribal days, you know? Uh, way back. You can imagine a tribe. Let's say you're, um, you know, in a cold area, you know, and the tribe has a party or a ceremony and you don't get invited. That's weird because you can actually hear the party, <laughs> you know, you can hear it, you can see it. It's a place where the big bonfire is. And so if you're left in your little stone, stone hut, there's a biological response to that you're not fitting in with the tribe you're a loner not only that but you're vulnerable because you know everybody's at the tribe and nobody's there to protect you if a marauding gang of you know a different tribe comes to snatch you up (laughs) and take your firewood or whatever it is they stole back then those instincts that we have are still there but Instagram presents such an unrealistic view because these are people we haven't seen in 10 years, you know? They're people you haven't seen for a long time, but suddenly the memories come back and you don't see them, you don't see their suicidal moments. And you know, because I mean, I saw some a good friend of mine who threw herself in front of a train. And there she is. Dancing around, missing an arm and a leg. Talking about a new party that she's going to. Now she's a witch. And now she's a healer. You know, that's the new thing. All these party people have somehow turned into healers. But they're still marketing themselves. Marketing. You know, look at me. Look at me. Here's my value. Look at my, look at my physical beauty. Look at my physical environment. You know, this is me at my best. Here I am draped with fabric. You know, here I am in a in a pose that really flatters me. Everybody's pose, they not only take their, they only, not only take the, the picture, this one instant, they, they freeze one millisecond out of their day and they probably select... They take 10, 15 photos. They take the best one, the best millisecond. They put a filter on it. They crop it. 
So you only see one little bit of that. You don't see what's behind them. You don't see that they're actually standing next to a garbage can. They crop that out, you know, and only show what you, only show what they want you to see. It's it's all a lie. It's all a lie. Well, it's not all a lie. It's an incomplete truth is what it is. Well, okay. One of the things I said back in my Flickr days, back when I was really getting a lot of attention for these photographs that I was making, these fashion photography, this art photography, was on my bio, I would explain that, you know, photography is a lie. And it is. I mean that. Everybody used to say, oh, to photo- nothing tells the truth like a photograph. I'm like, bullshit. A photograph is death. It's a frozen moment. It does not bear any resemblance to life at all. When people say, oh, you captured the moment. No, you didn't. In the moment, there was th- there were sounds coming from the back of your head. There were other things. There was your feeling inside of your body before you arrived at the party. There's the, the, the emotion of the interplay between the people, you know. And not only that, but you can't sit there and stare at somebody's waist or somebody's boobs or even stare them in the face for two minutes without creating something. Try it. Try to go treat a human being in person the way you would treat a photograph, meaning stare at them for a long time, study them. You can't do that in true life. A photograph is frozen. It's a, it's a, it's an, it's a piece of death. You know, it's a dead moment. I use this as a way to explain why I would Photoshop things and put it back in. This was my romantic description um, that I used marketing-wise, you know. I had other reasons too, but they maybe didn't fit in my marketing as well. But I would say, I got to bring the life back into it. So I, you know, take all the blemishes off the legs. And my, my thinking was, and I think it's still legit, was that, I was breathing the humanity back into the photograph by directing the focus back to somebody's eyes and by I was saying I'm I'm presenting this person to you how you would see them if you were in love with them because for some reason when you're in love with somebody you have a crush on them your eyeballs do all that blurring <laughs> you know you don't have time to see some cellulite on somebody's leg when you're in love with them and you're half drunk you're drunk in love and drunk literally you know you're seeing other things you know so that's the way i rationalized my that's part of the rationalization i had for my over photoshoppery and stuff like that but now that instagram's done that um now that those filters are super easy and everybody's instagram itself is a is better than any art school you could go to, you know. There's more photography being consumed every day um, by your average Instagram user than in the whole history of photography probably up until 19... or 2005. You know what I mean? So there's a whole... Everybody knows how to present themselves the best way now. If you're on Instagram, you start to learn. How do you start to learn? Well, you see those likes piling on. You know, if you do it the wrong way, no likes. Do it the right way, lots of likes. So this system is built in to go, 
but I don't think those likes are the... I don't think they're evidence of people liking them, though. You know what I mean? Where am I getting at here? I think it's evidence. It's more of an impulse of desire. And hence, evidence of a void. A feeling of loss. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a dramatic one here. But I I do make the cases. I think social media is really doing a number on a lot of people. I know I'm not... Anybody will tell you about that. I don't think it's healthy. I know that the way I felt just now, scrolling through that, and it could be my own fault, you know. I push people away, absolutely, and I I can't blame all those people that I saw that I haven't seen for years because they've somehow disappeared out of my feed, you know, on Facebook. I can't blame them completely because it's not like I've been trying to follow them. You know, I haven't chased them over to Instagram. They probably don't even have Facebooks at all anymore. But what doesn't change is the fact that, it, boy, that there was certainly a feeling of emptiness. There wasn't a feeling of, um, wow, it sure is good to see these people and catch up with them. You know, literally somebody I knew had a picture of themselves, you know, bathing in money. <laughs> I'm like, okay, what the fuck? That's like, um, and I don't think they were joking. That's the kind of thing you do as a joke. You know what I mean? I just didn't see any realistic depiction of somebody's life. And I guess what I'm trying to say is the art that I love, the art that I enjoy, the people that I love, the people that I enjoy are people that are that have a desire to present themselves in an honest, complete way, you know? I made a post about this already. How are you? I'm fine. Why did you say that? Why not? This is not true. It's not true. You've got lots of things going on in your life, you know? And, yeah, maybe that makes me one of the weirdos in society. Maybe denial and just, um, I, I, I am. I'm one of the weirdos. That's for sure. That is for sure. Most people, when they develop popularity or um, attention, want to maintain it and they do their best to stay that way. And I'm the opposite thing. <laughs> I'm the opposite of that. I mean, I want love and attention, yes, but I want it to be not based on bullshit. I don't want to have to trick people into it by pretending I don't have certain views or that I don't think a certain way or that my life isn't all, you know, glamour shot after glamour shot after glamour shot. And I just hate to say it, but I've found that it's true. Uh, It's just true. When you present that world, when I was presenting that world to people, you know, Photograph after photograph of beautiful, you know, I'm using air quotes, beautiful women and beautiful people in interesting environments, you know, with the contrast adjusted and the colors amplified and the stories amplified. 
man, people couldn't get enough of it. They're like, yeah, yes, this, more. But I don't think it made them feel good. I don't think it made them feel good. I think it made them feel empty and they thought that I could they thought that if they attached it to him somehow that void would be filled. You know? It's escapism. Some some weird combination of escapism and something else, you know? Not sure exactly what. But I think you know what I mean. Right? It's not deep. Well, it might be deep um scientifically but that kind of sharing to me is so surface level and it's just so so non-representative of the human struggle and I I just kind of demand or crave I should say crave I don't demand anything from anybody but I crave real people authentic people who present themselves as such you know they have humor about themselves uh this whole bullshit of presenting yourself as some glamorous thing at a glamorous party and jet set and traveling and nothing's ever going wrong and Every love my life hashtag blessed <laughs> you know it's just oh gosh and it's not just the fashion set either there's this other woman that I almost dated and she she's a successful doctor and she also makes these posts hashtag blessed here's my itinerary here's everything wonderful I'm doing in my life it's just like isn't that weird? Isn't it kind of gross to just make lists of things you like? Listen, I love gratitude. I really do. People should, in their own life, make lists of gratitude. But there's a way to be thankful for others. Like, in your gratitude, I love this person because of this, you know, to put it outward. But not just... I love my life. I'm rich. I got this. I got that. Blessed. It's just like, are you helping anybody? Does that post make somebody else feel good? Maybe it does. But I have a feeling most people are thinking, crap, I wish I was there. Fuck, what am I doing? I'm just sitting here doing nothing. My life ain't that good. (laughs) I don't know, man. I'm sounding like a grumbly old man. And, uh... Because I am. (laughs) There's no... No mystery why I sound that way. 52 years old. And I couldn't be less interested... In going to a fashion show. You know? Even though I still like fashion. I just don't want to... Rub around and just be part of the facade. It's just... The facade, the facade, the facade. The marketing, the marketing, the marketing. The lie, the lie, the lie. You're just tricking, tricking, tricking. No, stop. Everybody stop. Stop tricking. Stop pretending. And if you do pretend, tell a story that tells a complete story of your life. You know? Reveal. Reveal. Something true. 
That's why I like comedians. Good comedians, they do that. They at least put out their frustration, their fears, and they have an interesting way of doing it, you know. And if you're halfway smart, you can, you can see the tears of a clown, you know, you can see the pain. But even better than that are great musicians that are able to tap into all of that and ride that line. Anyway, I'm just complaining. I just don't find that on Instagram. And I thought I'd come and bum you all out. Not really. Because you know what? I have a feeling that most of you people listening to this uh, podcast, and by my estimation, it's a very small handful, we're probably already on the same page with this shit too. So maybe, maybe you, maybe you're getting a, a me too out of this in a good way. Like, yeah, I see that too. Uh I'm not the only one who feels that way. I know I'm not the only one. I feel like most people know this. And uh, anyway, that's enough of that. Thanks for listening.